Welcome to episode six of the Rails, Ales, and Old Towns Europe Travel Podcast. Today we're off to Greece with one of my oldest friends, Chris Kramer. Chris and I met back in college, bonding over our love of 90s alternative rock music and all things St. Louis. In addition to lots of road trips to see bands play, we've been on a few vacations together too, most notably to places like New Orleans and Panama City Beach. But today, we're going Mediterranean. Chris just returned from an epic summer trip to Greece, and he was kind enough to take some time to share lots of stories about the adventure. From record stores and rooftop restaurants in Athens, to Cretan architecture and catamarans off the coast of Santorini, we cover a lot of ground. And Chris dishes out a few travel tips along the way. If you're enjoying Rails, Ales, and Old Towns, and you've got a spare minute, I'd really appreciate it if you could give the show a rating or a review. And if you're on Instagram and Facebook, feel free to give me a follow at Rails, Ales, Old Towns for some European travel inspiration in between episodes. Enjoy the episode, guys. Follow the gap between the train and the platform. All right, so without further ado, let's welcome in to the podcast one of my oldest friends. We've been kicking it since the Clinton administration, Chris Kramer. What's up, Scott? How are you, man? Uh, glad we could make some time to catch up. So the reason we're talking today is I want to hear about this Greece trip that you went on. Um, yeah. It looked sensational. And, you know, as avid listeners of the podcast will note on episode one, on my dream trip to Europe, one of the three places I haven't been was Greece. So I'm living vicariously here. The driver for this thing was um, taking a family trip. We had uh, my mother-in-law, we kind of went for her 70th uh, birthday. Um, and my wife and my sister-in-law kind of planned this trip so she could see the part of the Peloponnese in Greece where her ancestors are from. And then their dad is also Greek-American and his people were from Crete. So it was pretty cool, like it, in a two-week period, to be able to do this nice combo of like a big capital city with all this history and then kind of like these smaller towns and then the typical kind of touristy stuff that we tacked on at the end like going to crete and santorini so you flew into athens yeah so well, i guess we'll just get the stats off the top how long was the trip 12 days there a day of travel on either side and where were the destinations like the overnight stops so we went to athens i think we were in athens for two nights so parts of three days then we stayed one night in a town called Nafplio, it's not really a town, kind of like a, probably a small city uh, for a night. Then we did two nights in Kalamata with some day travel kind of throughout those couple of days. And then we drove all the way back from Kalamata back to Athens because it was tough to get a, a flight from Kalamata to Crete. And that was kind of the next step in the sure. trip. So it wasn't bad. Like a, a drive back to Athens was maybe like four and a half hours or four hours. So not crazy. We had a van and so that, you know, and a local driver. So that helped a lot. And then we flew from the Athens airport to Hania Crete, which is like the big city in Crete. And we were there three nights. And then we took a ferry boat from Heraklio, which is like the old capital of Crete, um, like a two hour quick, like jet ferry boat directly to Santorini, which was great. It was really quick. And then we were there in Santorini, I think, for three nights and then flew Santorini to Athens and then home. So let's circle back to Athens. I think Athens is kind of like an, under, I don't know if it's underrated, but it's certainly not like in the 
conversation with Paris or London or Rome, like those are kind of like heavy hitters. I think if you're an American who wants to go to Europe, but I got, it's kind of funny. I got mixed. I would tell people like, Oh, well, where are you, where are you going? Where are you coming into Greece? Oh, we're going to Athens. Oh, how long are you going to be there? Oh, three days. And some people would be like, Oh man, I would never go back there. And then other people like, Oh, you're going to have a blast. You made three whole days to do Athens. Like you're going to have so much to see. And that's what I've heard too. Like, you know, people will tell you like, oh, it's gritty. You know, I mean, it's a cliche yeah. word, but they'll say it's gritty. It's uh, noisy, whatnot. But then my radar goes up that people also say that, like there's a lot of like hipster neighborhoods and like yeah, for sure. coffee shops. And so which side of that are you coming down on after being there? So it gets a thumbs up for me because there's kind of the old town area that's near the Acropolis. You get the Parthenon, like you get all that stuff that... A person would say, oh, if you're there for a day, you got to go do this. So you do get that. But I think the thing that was appealing to me, it reminded me a little bit of Berlin, like which in the sense of like graffiti and lots of neighborhoods, lots of like uh, little boutique shops. I found a record shop and like went in for 45 minutes and like talked to the owner about music. It's like me, him and one other customer. Getting those experiences, you don't get that unless you're in like a big, big city. Uh, the more artsy neighborhoods are walkable from like the center of the city. So I could have stayed there a week, honestly, sure. like going for a day, you're shorting yourself for sure. Cause I think a lot of people fly through there where they're like, Oh, I'm coming to Greece. I'm going to stay one day. And then I'm out, I'm going to the islands. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, a unique phenomenon in Europe travel that this is a capital city. This is a historically, you know, just a bounty of history yeah. and culture to Western civilization. And people are giving it a flyby, like, oh, I saw the Acropolis, but I got on the first ferry out of Flight there. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. one's doing that, you know, to Berlin, Madrid, Paris. Sure. You sure. know, like, oh, I was, I, I just saw the Eiffel Tower, and then I was off to the, to the Riviera, you know. Of course. Yeah, they stay in Paris for a whole week. I feel like if you want to go to, a, if you like going to a big city and everything that gives you, and you want, like, food and culture and history... It's right up there, honestly. Like you have all this ancient history. The food is going to be great. Like I did not have a bad meal for two weeks. Any specific place you remember? There was a restaurant we went. We used like a travel agency for the first part of the trip. But anyway, the agency was like, "Oh, there's a couple of restaurants that are walkable from your hotel." There was like a place we ate one night that was like the old tavern of Pietra or something. It felt like a, an old cobblestone street, like up an alley, and then you climb a set of stairs to the roof of a building, and you're literally having Greek food sitting on the rooftop, looking at the Acropolis all lit up at night. My wife's family was raving, like the moussaka they had there was better than any moussaka they'd ever had in America. Yeah. So the Greeks know how to make Greek food. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. <laughs> it seems they invented it. Uh, they invented democracy and their own food that traveled around the world. The two places like Athens and Crete, I think, was the best food of the trip by far. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, because yeah. that's I've heard that about Crete. Now, you guys did something. Um, you did not just jet off to an island right off the bat. So you explored right. the Peloponnese. Yeah. So that was all by car. And the places we stayed, uh, we kind of strategically picked cities and towns that kind of worked us west from Athens into the Peloponnese and south. And each day we would hit up like two sites usually with like a lunch break in between. You know, Greeks are eating at 3 p.m., which is a struggle for this American. I was like, man, noon rolls around. I'm ready to eat. So that was that was an adjustment, like lunch at three o'clock and dinner at 10 p.m. 
the big thing was seeing like some of these ancient ruin sites. My wife's mother, she had roots in Sparty, which is kind of the central city in Sparta. And everyone will know like the home of the 300 and Leonidas. And so like that, that was uh, definitely a spot to tick off, like for their own kind of personal reasons. They did find a church in like one of the suburbs where they think maybe some of their relatives were probably baptized. So like that was a cool experience. I think like it would be unique to if you had any like ancestral connection to Greece, I would recommend, you know, that's something you should make time to do. But yeah, like the Peloponnese was churches, ruins, old like outdoor theaters. We visited this theater called Epidaurus, I think, which is the classic thing where, you know, my teenage kid would stand on the lowest part, which was the stage, and like just talk at the bottom you and I are talking at, and you could be in the last row at the top and hear it absolutely clearly, like the acoustics were crazy. So yeah, it was uh, a little bit of variety. And the other thing about Greece, there's so many layers of people who've invaded the place, and it has persisted for so long. You would visit places in the Peloponnese, and I'd have to ask, like, now give me, like, what era are we talking about here? Like, some of this stuff is pre-Parthenon, like Bronze Age, four fourth or fifth century bc and then you visit some other place that's like oh this is a byzantine empire this is like after the fall of rome this is from the year 1000 a.d in a, an hour's drive from somewhere you could be looking at something from you know the fifth century bc all the way up to some preserved church from 1300 from the ottomans who invaded so when you were in the, in the peloponnese did you uh brush the coast at all like were you in this kalamata is it yeah, Kalamata is on the water. Um, that was the last city where we stayed before we went back to Athens to kind of continue the trip. And Kalamata well, what was, was that like? I mean, I, I know their work in the olive industry, but I'm not I don't know much about the town. Yeah. So the the place uh, see, we yeah, we were there two nights. I mean, the olive oil, yeah, of course, is like world famous. The place we stayed was right on the water. There are some beaches in Kalamata, but they're I mean, it's certainly like walkable from the city center, but I don't think like they would sort of say like, don't go out of your way to necessarily hit up that beach unless you did not have another, you know, trip to the islands planned. I feel like that city was kind of like, it felt like a medium sized city. The food was generally pretty good. Some walkable areas for sure. They kind of had like a promenade or like a boardwalk on the water, which was cool. Like lots of hotels and restaurants right along the waterfront. So you could just sit out. Um, if the weather is good, it's the kind of place where if you like staring at sailboats and having people bring you food, you're going to be really happy with that. Right. Um, there there weren't, it, I didn't feel like there were as many in-city attractions that I would want to do, but it could have been that we had just like walked so many cobblestone paths and ruins that we were just sort of like, yeah, bring me a cocktail and I'll, let me just look at the water. It felt more like um, kind of a working city or like kind of less. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like the places like um, Nafplio where we went, um, those were definitely like, oh, this is the quaint old town. It is by the water. We went, we went to some places where it was just your typical little alleys and little shops. Like we saw one night, I think it was in Nafplio, some dance competition, like out on a stage near the water. It just happened to be going on. And just like, oh, it's locals. Like they're having their probably high school dance competition outside so that was kind of yeah it just felt like it, it wasn't like super touristy did you end up checking out this dance competition for a little bit yeah we stood yeah we stood and watched for a little while um they had like spotlights and like 
you know, big stage lights and uh, the, the whole thing. So we got uh, our tour guide knew a woman that owned uh, like a gelato shop. Like she was from Italy, but like put down roots in Kalamata and just so we like went there, got some gelato and like walked around, watched some of this dance competition. And then we ended up at like a cocktail bar at the end of the night. Our guide was like, I'm going to leave you here. You'll find your way back to the hotel. We were so lucky that we had um, the guide that we had most of the trip in the Peloponnese. Like he would just ride in the van with us. And so you're constantly getting kind of more background and context for, oh, this was a resort town. And then like, oh, the Greek government like uh, wanted there to be oil and gas in that town. And so like all the beaches closed and now it's just like an industrial city. Like, so you'd be driving around. And I think like that's stuff you would miss. Um, if you didn't have somebody who lived there, had a lot of history there and kind of, you know, he would say, oh, when I was in the military, this was the town that I was stationed in for four years. I absolutely would not have opened my eyes to as you're driving past it. If you don't have somebody um, giving you kind of the, some local insights and the, the history of the places for sure. Do you want to give them a shout out? Yeah. So the, um, the agency we use is called Antelope Travel. The guy we had that we really enjoyed is this guy named Yosef. He was the best. Never done anything like that, but I mean, it would be, you know, I've done day tours and, you know, things like that. But yeah, I can only yeah. imagine the insight somebody like that's bringing to you over a week. You know, you would, go, he would say, where are, where are you guys have a dinner reservation? And I'm like, no, no, we don't. He's like, okay, let me call this place and see if I can get you in. Like, because he can speak fluent Greek. He can ask all the right questions. So that absolutely helped. Or he would go, oh, you, you're going to go here? Don't go there. Ah. Like, you're wasting your time. It's a tourist trap. If you like, oh, you want fish? This is the place to go for fish in this little town that we're happen to be stopping in. Let me, let's go set you up. So that, like, felt, wow, we're getting, we're calling an audible here. But some of those meals ended up being, like, the classic, like, appetizers, fish, you know, digestive after a meal, like, you know, um, all the hummus and pita you could want and cucumbers. Those were some of the best things that were just like, oh, let's call an audible because maybe the guide knows a place that he's been to. That that was really cool because you kind of feel like, oh, you're doing it on the fly. Oh, that sounds amazing. After a proper experience in Athens and the Peloponnese, now you're off to the islands. Right. Yeah. The famous, uh, the famous Greek islands. Crete sort of felt like the halfway house between like the two bookends of the trip. Like it's on a huge Island, no doubt. And it's crystal blue Mediterranean on the North. Wonderful. Uh, like little port town in Hanya that that's actually probably like a former capital, but like it, you're on a big Island, but it didn't feel like where we would end up in Santorini. Hanya is a big place. You go to the old port, you do all that stuff, but like there are definitely some nice resort. The place we stayed in Hanya was like one of the nicest resorts I've ever set foot on in my life. Like it was okay. really and what, beautiful. And what, and what we need the name of that. Called the Domes Noruz. I think like Marriott runs it, but it's like okay. this autograph collection for Marriott and they do a different architect designs each resort. I was floored. Like every, just design wise, it, it's a beautiful, like it's kind of like lots of arches, um, like kind of brown sandstone kind of tones to it. But it, it's basically, you have, a, we had a room like right at this pool. Um, I mean, they have like a quiet pool where all they do is like play white noise, no music, no kids. And then like you have the regular pool. We had a room at the pool and it felt like you were renting a, like a suite. Like the outside of it had 
just like a wood gate to get into this private patio. You had a private hot tub, private little like waiting pool and like a couple of chairs and then a sliding door into your room. I mean, it was just like the accommodations were great. The food was great and actually a really good mix of people. Like you'd go out to the, you know, they'd have breakfast in the morning and I would hear uh, Brits, French, maybe certainly you'd hear Greek. It was an interesting experience from that standpoint, too. That, and then, like, you'd hear two guys from New Jersey. Like, it was just, you know, a really interesting mix of people that, that were staying there. But that Crete was a experience by itself. Um, oh, yeah, that's um, that's what I had heard about Crete. And honestly, I didn't know much about Crete at all until we possibly were going to book a trip at the same time. Coincidentally, you yeah. guys were there. <laughs> right. But, you know, the vibes you hear is like, you know, it's a kind of almost has its own independent streak. Uh, it's known around Greece as a real food hotspot, Crete. Yeah, yeah. And this Hania, the port looks really like romantic and old. Like, yeah, it looks really the, nice. It is really unique. So the thing that floored me is like, again, the story of Greece is like all these city states on the Mediterranean. Um, this was a really strategically important island. And this port in Hania has uh, a like Turkish Ottoman mosque. Greek Orthodox Christian church, Venetian architecture, um, and modern buildings all in the same block. I mean, it's like wild that this place was uh, overtaken by so many different cultures over, you know, 2000 years, probably longer. And they didn't destroy, like when they showed up, there are definitely a lot of places in Greece where like, oh, the Nazis came in World War II and they destroyed some stuff or this power invaded and like destroyed all these buildings and built their own. But in Hanya, like the port was kind of this great microcosm of, well, here was this big island and it changed hands so many times. But literal artifacts of those periods are still like on display. And you can just stand there and look yeah. like we we're out on a sailboat one day and just look across this port and the sections kind of to either side of it. And you're just like, wow, this lighthouse is like a Turkish lighthouse. And here's a mosque. And then here's like an Italian you know, this Venetian row of homes, like it was just really wild to see um, all in one place, these layers of different cultures and um, all this history. It was Hania the only place you you actually bedded down and stayed in Crete? We uh, we did, but then the last uh, day in, in Crete, we drove to Heraklia. It's kind of on the eastern half of the island, and we literally stayed there one night we did some shopping there um but we kind of just stayed there one night to then catch an early morning ferry and that is pretty common i think from crete to all like mykonos or or santorini like that that ferry is so so you did heraklion like a lot of people do athens exactly we just went there like hey we'll roll in there at you know 4 p.m <laughs> and we'll like hit up we'll get some dinner we'll walk around and then we got an early night to bed because we have to like pack up, grab breakfast, and get to this boat. So, okay. So, walk me through this. Because Crete is, and, and from hearing from you, like I'm putting this on my list, this place looks sensational. But it is not, it is not that white, painted white, no. blue. It's not that Greece. So, if you're looking no. for that, obviously you're going to the Cyclades. Yeah. And you're heading to Santorini. So, tell me what this is like on a ferry to Santorini. Because I just got to imagine people are almost floating in air. They're so fired up to be going to this place. Yeah, it so the boat was totally packed with people. It was one of those giant boats. It they just load you in like cattle. Like it, it it is hundreds of people. I mean, it's a lot. 
and everybody's rolling their bags in or dropping them off below deck. And then it's like, you know, you climb up to your seats, but yeah, the, it went quicker than I anticipated. I think because we knew like, Hey, this is the last stretch of our trip. This is like the, we're probably going to be blown away by the scenery and the sunset. So yeah, I would advise people if you do it, like there are definitely more roundabout ferries you could take. And some of them will go to like Mykonos and Santorini and maybe one other Island all in the span of like a 12 hour thing. But we, I think we made the right call to do the quick direct two hour one. Two hours was a lot on a boat, even as comfortable as it was. But yeah, people were really excited. And then you, when you get in, you, it's just crazy. It's a crazy amount of like uh, shops, tourists who are trying to get on the boat to leave. You're coming into port. There are people everywhere waving signs like, hey, here, this is where you rent a car. Like it was just like this classic uh, tourist experience where it's like you get off the boat and it's just like total chaos. So I guess the big question on Santorini is up to the hype or no? I think, I think it lives up to the hype. Um, if you want that classic Instagram moment of like, yeah, the white washed architecture and the blue domes, you're going to get that there. There's probably things you can avoid. Like there are places you can go and get those shots that are not as crowded but yeah i mean it, the food there i mean we ate at some really nice restaurants like you know again my mother-in-law's birthday it's like all right we're gonna go out to you know one big nice a nice dinner as you and i would say um <laughs> and we were fortunate like we took a catamaran cruise one day in santorini which i would absolutely recommend if people can do it like we ended up on a boat with like 15 two people from cuba but then like mostly americans and brits and like a crew of four people and we went out from like two in the afternoon till about 9 p.m. And you they literally just took you around the big island out to like the little volcano that's near there. And you eat on the boat. They're grilling. They're literally grilling like charcoal grill on the back of this boat, um, pouring you sa famous Santorinian wine. So you get like white wine there apparently is very well known. Like the volcanic ash makes the soil different. And so the wines kind of have a different taste. Um, but oh, you're yeah, killing the, me. You're killing, you're killing yeah. me here. I bet, I bet you guys were even like diving off the catamaran too. Of course. Of oh. course. Yeah. The water was a little cold, but that was a thing. You do feel like a little bit like you're in a movie being on a boat that size. You're kind of like meeting new people. The weather's beautiful. I mean, the water is like so blue. Yeah. This huge like volcanic Island in the background. And then and they kept the, you like, out. They kept you out for sunset too. Yeah, they, they take you, um, I think this is common, like a lot of the commercial tours and stuff. They take you facing north to like the northern tip of the island, right as the sun is coming down into the water. And, you know, you look around, there are probably like 10 boats kind of all anchored in the same spot because it's like, this is the perfect sunset. This is the time of day. So, yeah, that was awesome. Like that was the kind of the perfect capper to the trip. And the la the very last day we went to a beach club that was called uh, Seaside Santorini. And that was kind of like your classic, you did, again, you felt like you were kind of in a movie, at least as an American. It's like, oh, you get a cabana and they'll give you some champagne and somebody made scallops like on the grill on the beach and brings you some scallops and, you know, some sushi if you want. And so it was just like black pebble beach like that's the other thing too like i don't think i found a sandy beach anywhere in greece like it's all like bring your bring your flip-flops or your slides like um a lot of rocky beaches um your, um, your aqua socks yeah exactly if you have a pair of those uh bring those 
but that was a cool capper to the whole thing. It felt very luxurious. It was kind of a little indulgence to like, oh, we're going to reserve a spot here from like noon to six and spend our last day at a beach club and then, you know, go home and pack for the trip to come back. Oh man, that sounds great. So what are those pinch me moments? Like you mentioned being in a movie and those are those moments that yeah. I think all people that travel were, were, were chasing. Those pinch yeah. me moments where you're like, wow, I feel like I've seen this on screen and now I'm getting to live this. But when you just think back of the trip, what are those like things that just pop up as those I'm in Greece. Wow. Yeah. So the, I think for me, the first one that comes to mind is when you walk up the steps up to the Acropolis and you turn around, there's like a gate and you turn around and look back down the hill into this green Valley. That was like the Agoras, like the marketplace. There's a temple down there that literally Aristotle, Socrates, Plato had meetings there. The, the beginnings of like philosophy and democracy and you're standing up above it, like looking down and going like, oh, this is like a, a theater where they probably met and voted on things or they had like plays or, you know, um, entertainment. Can like you... to stand there up on a hill, look down at that. And then this huge view of the city um, was mind blowing. Like it brought my mother-in-law to tears. Like it was, you feel like you're seeing the place where if you're, you know, if you're from a, country that sort of values democracy and you know that's like it really is like it's a joke um among greek people but like that big fat greek wedding movie is true that like oh the root words of the stuff you know in medicine and, and politics and science like a lot of the words come from greek words some of those basic ideas came from that place near that hill wow. three thousand years ago and I would say just um, all the moments on the water, being out on a sailboat or being out on a catamaran, like those didn't feel like experiences you get in America, period. I mean, you can go to, you can go to Mexico, you can go to Florida, you can go to San Diego, go out on the Pacific Coast, you go to Hawaii. That felt very exotic. You did feel like, oh, you are having this like Mediterranean vacation that you would see on like white lotus <laughs> you know it was like it was very like I, I definitely had this moment where i was like oh i feel like i'm on a tv show so yeah santorini definitely gives you that feeling and then i guess like i mentioned earlier the some of it was just the little moments that aren't planned like that's why you those are the things that hook you i think to wanting to travel more is um the restaurant you didn't plan to visit that was really good or you know, like I said, getting to talk music with a, a guy who loves music at a record shop. And we're sitting there talking about like Nigerian funk music from the 70s for a half hour. Like when you get little moments like that where you come across like uh, somebody else you have something in common with, um, that's the little moment I think that I that you will take away too is like, oh, that I'm on the other side of the world and I'm having a really genuine moment with a stranger yeah i was gonna ask you that next um so who, yeah. are the pe who are the people that jump out just real quick when you think of the trip this the guy in the record store and the guy in the record store for sure uh this place is called like under i want to make sure i get it right it's like underflow records i think in athens um i definitely remember him uh our tour guide, Yosef, like when you spend a couple of days with somebody in a van, like <laughs> you get to know their backstory and their history and uh, where their family's from. And then I would say there was a, a guy and his nephew who took us out on their sailboat in Crete. And like, again, you're spending 
hours with them. The one guy like taught my sister-in-law how to sail. Basically, he's like, sit here, look up here, keep this between the V's on the mast. I'm like, I'm gonna teach you how to catch the wind. The Greek people are notorious for their hospitality. They're like that. Greek Americans are like that generally. And I found it to be like to a person. Um, people, it goes a long way. When they find out you have Greek heritage, it opens a lot of the doors probably for us. Um, but if you knew a little bit of the language and you were open to like uh, trying a particular food that's from that region or yeah, try the olive oil or try the wine, they're really proud of it. So I think like the, that's really something I will remember too, for sure. Yeah, it sounds great. And then, so then now that you look back as well on the trip, what are those, what are the best meals and drinks that you remember? Like okay, what are yeah. the things so, like? I was telling you about this in Mastiha. Um, this is a spirit that they kind of serve as a digestive, like after a meal, they'll just bring it to you some places like without asking for it. When I smell it, I smell like a menthol cigarette. Is the best way I can describe it but it tastes sweet. Um, like if you like Uzo, but you don't like the licorice anise flavor, this will hit all the right notes. Like it's kind of sweet um, and piney, I guess, is maybe the way I would describe it. Um, and what's it called? I Mastiha. It comes from a tree called the Mastic tree. I think that's where they get the name of it. But it's just like a clear, um, like low alcohol digestive. And they would give it to you in like a little baby shot glass with like one small ice cube. And you would just kind of, you know, kind of like a palate cleanser or a digestive after a meal. And that was like, I'd never heard of it. My wife's family had never heard of it. That was like something brand new. And I, I brought a bunch of it back with me because I kind of fell in love with it. The other thing that really stood out to me, you and I, like being from where we are in the U.S., like there are parts of the U.S. where you can get good pimento cheese spread. And the Greeks have their equivalent of it that's called uh, tiro kafteri, which is basically like, I think it's Greek yogurt or cream cheese, but it's like colored orange because it has a bunch of roasted red pepper in it. Wow. And it is on par with any sort of like hummus we had um, or tzatziki. Like you're getting a lot of spreads and appetizers pretty much everywhere you go. Often, again, without asking for it, like they're just going to bring you some pita bread and, and something to dip it in. But this tiro kaftiri was like the perfect amount of like cheesy and spice and I just ended up every, like after I had it one lunch, I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to, if anywhere has this on their menu, like we're getting it because yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, it was a great, great discovery. And I mean, um, these salads, these Greek salads, like people just, they, they seem like whenever I talk to people, they're like, they're life-changing how different. Well, and how yeah, good they are I now. think, I think the olive oil there is, you know, world renowned. The feta cheese there is pr pretty great. I mean, like it's uh so those are you do those two things well and you have like ripe tomatoes and cucumbers you're doing great and then a lot of times like green peppers and a lot of places like you could tell they're making their own croutons so you get these huge croutons that were like oh they probably baked this bread and then browned it and then yeah you combine all of those fresh ingredients you could just eat that frankly like so many places we would go and by the time the entree came out it's just like that was a waste of money like we could have we literally are so full of like olives greek salad cheeses breads um and maybe like some other appetizer um that by the time they brought you a piece of fish you're just like oh my god i don't think i can do this um the other thing that was just noticeable i think as an american too is like 
you really got to go out of your way to ask for the bill. Like the expectation I think in a lot of places is like, you're going to come sit here for three hours, you know? And so there were times when we would like, Hey, we have to get in this van and go to this, you know, go to these ruins. And we would feel bad. Like you're, you eat this meal and you're like very thankful for it. But it's like, we got to roll. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like we haven't even brought you the, you know, the dessert yet. Or so, yeah, it's just a slower experience. I think like as an American, I noticed myself going like, Oh, we got places to be, but it was like, nah, you should just spend the extra 20 minutes and hang out. This sounds like it was as sensational as the pictures looked. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, it did live up to it for sure. It's definitely, uh, if you have a chance to do, even if, again, even if you don't have like a connection to the place on the islands alone, I think it lives up to the hype. You know, you, they say, like, if you want to go have the nightlife, like go to Mykonos. Santorini was kind of very picturesque and a little bit of everything. And I think if I had to pick one place to go back to, it's down to Crete or maybe I'd even like go to Athens for a few more days. I think like that was the underrated part of the trip for sure. All right. I'm sold. Well, that's a wrap on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and are as excited to get to Greece one day soon as I am. At the link in the episode description, you'll find a few more details on some of the places that we talked about, including that rooftop restaurant in Athens with the views of the Acropolis. Thanks again for listening and see you on the next episode.